There are a few people on the screen here. Some of them look familiar. One's almost wearing a mask in surgery. I hope uh, the guy on the table is being taken care of. Okay. We're starting Perik Tezayin. And we're in the middle of uh, Shimshin's very covert operations. And it's about to get exponentially more difficult. It wasn't easy before. If you go back to the last Pasuk in Paritas Vav, so there's a Shaila in the Mepharshim, why this Pasuk is here? Because this Pasuk is really a summary of the leadership he had within Klai Yisrael as a real Shefet, dealing with the Shailas and the issues and the running of Klai Yisrael on a day-to-day basis. And the Pasuk says he did it for 20 years, the Pasuk will repeat that after the entire Parsha of Shimshin. We're not there yet. We're in the middle. So why is it saying it over here? So one Mahalach is that we're being reminded that whatever is happening over here, even though it takes time and a lot of work to explain exactly what Shimshin is doing, because at the beginning even his parents didn't understand, and it's probable that a lot of Klai Yisrael didn't understand. When Shevet Yehuda was asked by the Pushkin to hand them over, they did. And we left it as a suffix because it's hard to know exactly what the numbers are. Is it that some leaders knew and Shimshin sort of, we would say, uh, gave him a signal, winked at them that yeah, you're going to hand me over and then I'm going to do what I have to do when I get there. And it's an opportunity as a pretext to kill more. Please, him, and don't worry about it. Just don't hurt me as you're handing me over. And he had to say that because no doubt there were people who would have because they felt he was a redif, and that's why they had a right to hand them over. But I think there were at least some individuals who understood that this is all part of the show. And he has to look like a traitor to his people so that the police team are not going to think that it's a vendetta from Klai Yisrael to strike back because he's only one person. That's the theme of all of Shimshin. He's understanding the Nevu of Yaakovino applies to him. He's only one person. You can't be in a number of places at once, despite our drushes yesterday about some halig objects being in many places at once. Uh, human beings, everything we said about the Aaron and the Kvit Zaderach happened rarely. So how do you fight a battle? There are five Plishti cities, and there are many roads, and Klai Yitzhak all over Yitzhak. No matter how strong you are, you can't be in many places at once, and he had to do it in a way where it looks so sporadic, so irrational, that they would just feel it doesn't pay to start up with him and cross him, because he's a traitor, so we're not going to retaliate against Klai Yitzhak, because it's not really their fault, on the other hand, he seems to have tainas on us, which is from his Jewish roots. This is the way the Plishtim are looking at it and the way they're reporting it in their press. And therefore, it doesn't pay. So let's just stop harassing him and the Yidden. They didn't really stop harassing him because whenever he strikes them, he has to go into hiding. But the theme has been that he does this when they don't expect it and it's very sporadic. And that's why the Pusuk 
ends the parak in Pasikhov, his main job was as the tzaddik, the sheikh of Yisrael, and when needed, on a per need basis, uh, perhaps once every number of years, he went out to cause trouble. You have to keep all this in mind because that makes for a very difficult existence because that means most of your people think you're a traitor sometimes, but the leaders or some leaders, my understanding is that they knew and they told the people when he comes back, he's the Gadladar and he's the Shafit, so bring all your Dine Teir. So how many people of the general population can really think he's a Russia for doing this? You would never be able to command leadership. So that tells me that what the leaders of Yehuda, let's say, knew in detail, perhaps they didn't know and they were a bit confused, but they were told, and people are good, they were told, he's on our side, it might not always look like that. So far, that's a good three-minute summary of everything we had until now, but a very difficult existence. is now going to get even more difficult simply because the more you do this, the more you're in danger of falling into your own trap. And on his madrega, if he looks at something and there's even 1% of Yetzirah, and you start identifying with the people you're trying to disrupt and destroy, this is the risk of every spy. But Shimshah's not a spy, he's a Gautel B'Yisrael, he's also a spy. <laughs> he's trying to show them that he left Klai Yisrael, but a spy usually pretends he's on the side of the person he's spying on. He's not doing that either. He makes it clear that he doesn't like them and he keeps picking fights. But in order to pick the fight, the first one, if you remember, was he had to get married and actually marry into the community. So that's a spy. And then it didn't work, but they burnt the house down on the lady from Timna and her father because they really thought Shimshin didn't have anything personal against them. As it has moved on, they're starting to have tainas on him and they want to arrest him. They who hands him over. It doesn't work. He kills some more him. And he has done a lot of damage so far and now he goes to Azza. Azza is a word that should sound familiar as the name of a city. We look at it as the name of the district as in the whole Gaza Strip. It was one of the five cities of the Plishtim. And he now in Pasuk Aleph walks into Aza and makes it known that he's here. Some of our say that when they found out in Pasuk Bays, they say, uh, Shimshin's here. Some say he's the one who spread that rumor. He walked in, started telling people on the way, you know, the gas attendant and the guy at the front desk of the hotel. He said, I heard a rumor, Shimshin's coming. I assume they knew what they, he looked like. So why would that be necessary? Apparently not, according to these Mepharshim. And according to the sheet is that he was naturally very big and strong and very noticeable with his long hair. So he walked in, and they all understood Shimshin was here. Why did he do this? He walked into a city. This is not being in the open and taking uh, a donkey jaw and killing people in a field and running away. He's now in a city with a wall, which could get dangerous if there are thousands of people in the city and he's the number one wanted person. So, first, I point out that he did it with Afka. 
that it was time again to start up with them, and apparently they had remembered the lesson from last time, and they stopped harassing the Eden, and then X amount of years went by, and they forgot. So he leaves his desk from the base medrash, where the basin was set up, and he's the shefet, and he leaves his family, leaves his talmidim, and he disappears, and then he shows up in Aza. Just picture how difficult this is. Just leaving. You get the sakana he's putting himself into. It's a physical sakana, and we're going to see right now the sakana ruchni. He shows up in Aza just to show them he can, that he's still a force to be reckoned with, and no, you can't start harassing Yidin and planning terrorist attacks for Ahmad al-Islam, which is what they were doing. For all we know, it was a year later, five years later, eight years later. And that's why the Pasuk puts in between. He was a shayfit when he wasn't doing this. And we only really have, of all of Shimshin, four or five stories. Four or five scenes where he does a lot of damage over a long period of time. And it was effective until it wore off. And then after he brings down the whole stadium and kills more people than he will kill in his entire lifetime, they remember it for 20 years after that. So Rashim he makes was it successful on a personal level. It's getting difficult. And the first marriage we saw was after a Gairis, and the Gairis was Chal, even though she wasn't that firm, and ultimately betrayed him. Betrayed him, and uh, wasn't ultimately, it wasn't during the Shabbat Brachas. Betrayed him very quickly, and the Rambam makes reference, just read to the Lashon of the Rambam, which we saw. It's uh, one line. It's in Allah uh, Tazayin, as the Rambam is describing that Shlomo Melch and Shimshin Certainly, if they married these Nashim, they were Magaya them, but it wasn't so Lashem Shemayim, and uh, their Kabbalah wasn't so ironclad, even though it was Chal. Maisla was a Kabbalah because they had to do a Kabbalah mitzvah, at least at the beginning. So, Lashem the Ramam, we made this diak at the time that we saw it. Fishagir Shlomo Nashim Unesan. Nashim Unesan is Lashem Rabim. Many of them, as the Pusik says, by the way, is Shlomo Melch. Bas Par was the most famous, but there were many of them. V'chein Shimshin Gir Venasa. It sounds like it switches to Lashon Yachid. So why is that? So Shalom had a thousand wives. Shlomo did this to bring every family a potential shver or the actual shver. The gave us chal to Yishalayim to see the Nisim, that everybody should be Makabah al Mukhashamayim and he'll usher in the era of the Gulam. That way he had a great plan in place. Didn't work because Kosh Baruch ensured it wouldn't work because he took too many risks. He shouldn't have married them, even though he met Lashem Shemayim. Shimshin has the same problem. He's not looking, actually, he was looking to bring the Gula because Yaakov Vinu in the Nevoah before the Shuas Chalkavisi Hashem at the end thought Shimshin would be the Goyal. He's from Shevet Dan, which is interesting because Shevet Dan is not the right Shevet we'd picture in the uh, Gula, but they deal with that. It didn't work, and the process became uh, too complicated and dangerous even for Shimshin, which is what we're going to see right now. 
But the Rambam is describing the entire process and his marriages, doesn't say marriages, it says Lashon Yochan. Chen Shimshin Gir Venasa. So who's he referring to? The only one we know that he actually married was the lady from Timna. This next lady was a Zaina. We'll describe in a moment what the possibilities are there. But everybody agrees that she was also a Zaina Pshutika Mashmo. At the beginning of Yeshua, Rochav Zaina. It's referred to as Rochav Zaina, even though she became one of the greatest Tzedkanias uh, in terms of her Geiris process and her Tshuva process. She married Yeshua Benun. So if you look in Yeshua later on, when they conquer Yericha, we actually didn't get there yet. And uh, say, when they conquer Yericha, Kalev, and Pinchas are told to fulfill their Shvua, go in quickly before we destroy the city and take out Rochav Azayna. It calls her Rochav Azayna, which is against every rule we have in treating Geiris and the Geiris process when they finally make it and the Geirim. And the Geiris, in this case, of the utmost respect, never ever mentioning their cloudy and murky past. The worst thing you could do is call somebody Rochav Azayna. What's wrong with uh, Rochav Harebitzin or something like that? She goes down history as Rochav Azayna. It keeps calling her Rochav Azayna in the Pasuk as they're told to get her assembled with her family for her Yeshua, which she deserved. Why is that? So there are two possibilities that can both be true. One is that some of Farshim say Zayna is a person who provides food as an innkeeper, and the innkeeper has provided food. Today, the hotels list sometimes breakfast as a Chiddush because we don't really need their food. Often we can't eat it. Then a traveler didn't take anything with them. There was no refrigeration. There were no uh, eateries. That was the eatery. So Bracha Vazayna was primarily a roof over the head, but for food as well. Does Mafarsh and Pashtas agree that when it uses Zayna, it also means Zayna Kemashmal, because it was often used as a front, and it was a source of income from them on the other side, and even though it wasn't officially also for Gayim, but it was an activity that wasn't looked upon approvingly. And the Rada Dover is, by Rachel Zayna, their Medrashim, it says, she lowered them out the window with a rope, and the sheets, she tied them together, and these sheets should be used for Averi, should be used for Mitzvah, she could be complete chuva, even though technically she didn't do anything wrong for an Akum, it's not one of the Zayim, it's not listed in the Arayas. So we're calling her Rochav Zayna because she also had a regular applica- application of Zayna as a um, hotel owner. What? Yes, that's why I think, even though some bring it down as a Machlik is Rishayinim between the Vedak and the Rishayinim, what it means, because some go out of the way to say it means an innkeeper. They're just saying that it has a double meaning and what are they trying to answer? They're trying to answer that if you see that reference later on, even though she's a Baal Shuva and she's now a Geras, that's not necessarily derogatory because it does have a Pashup shot. And you're saying we don't see hotel owners? Actually, we do. Um, not that many women-owned businesses then, operations, but if they did and they were successful at it, they were called, and I think there were a lady too. And why? In the Lushen Zacher format of that, uh, <laughs> whatever, whatever the Lushen would be. Uh, no, I'll give you an example. Wasn't there a lady? Who was the? I uh, just uh, thirty-four. There was a famous uh, business lady in New York, who was uh, I think a Yid. No? Um, yeah. 
So I'm not, I'm not imagining things. She was on, her husband had the money, I think, Mim Bakari, he was a real estate guy, but she was known, for, you say her name, she's the hospitality business. Yeah. yeah. She left everything to a dog, right? Yeah, that was last night's cheer. You can hear in our video. <laughs> Where, uh, we, got your, we got your story in, you and Ben. We didn't mention your names. But uh, <laughs> I couldn't. It was such a powerful uh, story. A lot? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's what he mentioned now. You couldn't make that stuff up. And that was, that was a long time ago already. She was ahead of the curve. Uh, now that might be a standard. That's scary. Is, is that really true? The courts upheld that? Like, how do you... That's not how. Go of, tell them. That's not... What? She gave a lot of gas to the state of Israel also. She gave a lot to? She gave a lot to the state of Israel. There's, there's buildings named after her. And, uh, was the dog Israeli also? Was, uh, <laughs> okay. I, so how did the courts deal with that? Not that they have any. The problem is when you're a, when you're a judge in an American court, you really don't have any precedent and truths for these things. We have sugyas. It's not no. There's sugyas about Yerusha, believe it or not. Talk about leaving to a, I guess you know, like we said yesterday, everything's in the Gemara, even about genetics. So it's not chal. The shaylis is the other part chal. If you say the dog and the human, what's chal? But it's it's not chal. So they upheld that. Oh, it's a trusted independent. Independent entity. Ah, uh-huh. so now it's just sitting in the trust and the dog is eating well. <laughs> it couldn't be dead if he eats that well. Uh, <laughs> okay, that's fascinating. So anyway, she's famous now. So you all, you all got the name, and so you're asking, where do you find the lady known as the hotel owner, the proprietress? What? Called a hip. Okay, but that was to give Mazanis. You're, you're just questioning why would somebody know her? She was very, very famous. Uh, I think everybody agrees she was famous for another reason also. And we'd call it infamous. That's the point. So uh, the question is how can you refer to Rachel like that? She's now completely from, so it should be ulcers. And the other Mahalach could be that we want to show how far she went, and therefore it's a compliment. That's a Kiddush. It's like referring to a ger. Rashi says even ten generations later, you can't make a comment like this. For the gers, oh here's uh, here's John the cheeseburg eater. So we don't mean that in a negative way. We just want to show how far you came. Isn't that the answer? That's a chiddush. No, that's a, okay. But anyway, that's more Yeshua territory. We'll have to deal with that in Pesach. Yes. Maybe the uh, maybe it's just that Hashem is that the Navi is recording it in that way, in like similar to the way that we, we have, you know, if we're not supposed to, if, if we call out Miriam for speaking Lashon Hara, but yet we keep on being the Farsin, the fact that she spoke Lashon Hara. Like That's better, that by the way. Yeah, okay. It's a nice lean, but schuss, but if I didn't have a Rashi by Miriam, Miriam is Miriam. She was uh, the Sadeka Sadar. Here we have a Rashi that says you can't even mention this ten generations later because they're so sensitive. It's a question of sensitivity. Miriam preferred the schus and she wasn't so sensitive. He's saying maybe Rachav uh, appreciated to show how far you can go. Yeah, but she Memes, okay. You mean she appreciated the, the, to show the contrast in the schus? Okay, you have to say something. It's a, it's a big Kiddush. Over here we don't need any Tebutzim. This unknown lady, we don't even have her name was an owner of a hotel as well, for say, but she was a Zainab Shuta Kamashma. And Shimshin went there, he went to the city to show that he's here and 
you plishtim apparently forgot about me and you're causing trouble again I'm here to show you you can't start up and he's going to make a big roshim and that's part of his plan didn't want to go, didn't want to do it interrupted second seder for this maybe it was Ben Azmanim was running Klai Yisrael and he was a shefet and he just left so were there many people again that thought oh no, here he went off went off the derech and uh, he's now joining the pish yes, there were people like that and that's part of the problem is that walking into Aza was dangerous physically going to the Beis of this hotel whatever front it was was dangerous for his Ruchnias and it was a Chil Hashem and in the Gemara on Saita where it talks about Shimshin and one Amud it uh, talks about the fact that the Tchilas uh, Kilkel was an Aza remember the marriage to Timna was legitimate it was a Geiris even though his parents were surprised here you can't be Miyashiv if he was actually Mazana the jury's still out on that and we'll discuss that soon if he possibly he went there to pretend he was about to do this they should think he went off and part of his spy status to show what a traitor he was and that he went off and he wanted to fool the Plishtim and maybe he fooled some of Klai Yisrael as well which was very uncomfortable and if you say that it's still very dangerous the Gemara says ba'aza, and it was still a Chil Hashem and therefore when he was arrested and thrown into jail and tortured that was an Aza and that will happen at the end of the Misa so Chazal already over here as opposed to the Pesach originally that Hashem defended Shimshin that this was the plan marry this Plishti lady his parents said why do you got to marry a Plishti lady and the Pesach says at the very beginning that his parents his own parents didn't know this part of the plan so that kind of heksher this did not and the Gemara says it was Tchilis Kilkula so if you're looking for a turning point in the life of Shimshin this would be it and it's a question of very small degrees and he's trying to do the best he can but he's in a very toxic environment, uh, dangerous and toxic for his Ruchnius and there was a small tiny percentage of Yitzhahara that allowed this to go on either the appearance of it or the actual Maisesnus and he was not marrying so before we were very busy with the Isser or the potential Isser over here is this Latishatenbam, the answer is if you don't actually marry them you're not even living as married in a steady way, the solution is not chal anyway, if there was no geris, then there's no isa deresa. And the maisa's nus, which is never good, but the gzeira of beis chashmanoim, the basin of beis chashmanoim, many years later, was on a maisa like this, nashgaz, they made four different gzeiras, and um, the tuma, nida, and zaina, that gzeira wasn't chal yet. And it wasn't Barabim, even though his appearance in Azza was very Barabim, and that was the point. The Maizanus wasn't, therefore there's no Kanan Pagan boy, and there's no Karis and Kabbalah when the Kanai doesn't get him. So I just said over, this is totally in a few different sugiyas, but so technically, you can be this is part of my uh, act and get up, and I have to show them that I'm one of them, and then pick a fight when they try to arrest me. And the technical detail of this uh, Maisa's Nus, if it happened, is that there's no official Isser. And the Mepharshim are busy explaining that. And that's important because he's still the Dayan, and within this covert operation, 
try not to do. Why is it a Chil Hashem? Because, you know what, it's interesting. The same reason why... There's no way about Gayim. That's the Chil for a good reason. I'm actually impressed that this was the case uh, up until for another couple thousand years in history. More than that, 3,000 years up until Giuliani. Um, I don't want to single him out for good, but he it was causing crime in a city nearby here, near Rockland County. And, uh, and all the and drugs, all the other things it brings with it. And he cleaned it up because that's just a normal thing to do. That's what the world assumed, as recent as I pick him, as recent memory as, as the mayor of New York. And then after that, everything went downhill. And now, how do they look at it? I mean, they look at so many other things that are far worse in a positive light. What? They're a protected class of people. So, so you see over here, the world didn't look at it like that, even though the Umas, the Zion Umas, were into Avodah and Gilead Arayas plenty and violence. For the average person in the street, this was considered taboo. Rachav Azayna's own discussion of what she realized she did wrong, as I just mentioned, she didn't technically do anything wrong. It's not in their list of Arayas. But the society understood it wasn't good, and her own customers, clients, the house that she had as the back part of the hotel was in the wall of Yerichoi with a back door and a back window, really, to lower people out. That's what she said. This is, I used to lower my clients. Why were they climbing a wall? And she had hush of a client. And the answer is, it was embarrassing, and they didn't want to be seen. That's a chiddush. For Zion Umas, who involved the Gilead Arias and, and Avodah Zara and violence, why was that? Answer is, it wasn't acceptable. So, not everything that's not usher is mutter. That's the, and that's an important thing. There's still people today, as we sit here, unfortunately. Otherwise, nice people who keep mitzvahs more or less, sometimes less, sometimes more. And their motto in life is, show me where it's usher. If it's not usher, it's mutter. That's not always the case. We don't look for chumras necessarily. But that line, if it's not us or it's mutter, is certainly against the Messiah. And it's used, unfortunately. Because there, you have to understand the Messiah of what's not acceptable, even though you can tiptoe around it and not step on any Yisrim. Well, part of Allah is But there are things that are not acceptable and not good for a Messiah and will lead to, to Yisrim. That's a very important part of our Messiah. There's an instinct of Klai Yisrael. They say, well, the Rabbanon did Nasserit. If the Rabbanon were here today, they probably would, but they didn't. We can't make our own Xeris. But that doesn't mean you should be doing it. You should be going in that direction. So Shimshin in his mind would say, well, this is the Sukkot Sanhedrin. They didn't make that Nashkaz. And therefore, from my BDM situation, it's what I got to do as a spy. And it was a mistake. Because even if technically it was Nasser, it's dangerous. What? So we have recorded a week or two of Shurim on that, and uh, it's not pushed what that means. Many learn, Mishayim, learn that it means go through all that, and after you finish changing your suit and traveling everything, you'll get there, you'll peter out. <laughs> you won't do it. Yes, Ramayish has chuvas about whether to take off yarmulke. If you go into, uh, yeah, that was, we spent a long time on that because the parameters are complicated, but it's not just go and do what you want. It's if Lamaisa is going to do it, the Ari Shalom would say, don't make a Chilashem on top of it. Ramesha says, take off a yarmulke, which by the way, you wouldn't expect, that's not an Avera per se, 
Mamesha says it is. Once the minute is away, he says he can take off his yarmulke, still do the avera, and now walks around with the yarmulke. It's another avera. Mamesha was not happy with the idea. Uh, and for the same reason, by the way, even if it is avera, it's not avera, even if it's not an avera, but now without a yarmulke, you're in a bigger sakana of ruchni. And this notion that uh, show me explicitly where it says it's also, even though this is really not good for your ruchni, is, it's not a good. Mahalach. And Shimshon, unfortunately, is going to fall into this. So, again, technically, was it Aser? Perhaps yes, perhaps not. There are Mepharshim that suggest over here, and we'll read it into the Pesukim soon. It's not Pasha, he actually was Mazana. Could be he was trying to set this up again as a camouflage to show that he was off, and he was a renegade, and he wasn't part of Klaisal anymore, and he's even willing to go to a Beisaina to show that. And their reaction is pachad. The rumor spreads that Shimshon's in the city. It's a walled city with good fortifications. And he's outnumbered, if there were 10,000 people in the city, he's outnumbered 10,000 to one. And it's the middle of the night. So they said, okay, he's here, lock the gates. And we're going to catch him in the morning. He's going to try to leave. And they're assuming he's there for the whole night because he went to a Bezaina. And we're going to take him in the morning. He's not leaving here alive. We're going to arrest him. If we don't kill him, we will kill him. We won't. But if he resists, he's not leaving. Wait, says that he wasn't designed? No, yeah. So I'll get to that. We're well, still only on the first Pusik. We'll see. means he, he came in and he came to look like he's coming for that. Uh, he sounds like in Pusik Bays, which we're going to get to right now. Uh, we're going to see that uh, their plan is to wait till the morning. And in Pasuk Gimel, which hopefully we're going to get to now as well, he's going to surprise them and get up in the middle of the night. Uh, get up in the middle of the night. When you say somebody gets up, it sounds like they were sleeping. It sort of reminds you of Yena, when the ship is about to break apart and he goes downstairs to his room in the ship that's being tossed in the wind and the storm and he goes to sleep. Everybody said, how can you go to sleep at a time like this? That's what the captain wanted to know. To get up and daven. He was sleeping. The bigger question is, how can you fall asleep in the middle of a storm? The answer is, if you're Yaina and you're at Tzadik Yisraelim and you're perfectly at peace with what you're about to do to give up your life at Klai Israel, you can actually fall asleep. We wouldn't be able to fall asleep in far less a storm. So, some are going to be where we deposit right now, that um, he actually went to sleep, and that was part of his plan, he was okay with that, just needed a few hours sleep because it's going to be a long day. And some say, no, he pretended to go to sleep, and the original plan was, of course he's not being Mazana, he's making it look like he's being Mazana, so they can assume he went off, Kaisal's not going to defend him, and we're going to kill him. And he tricked everybody because they're waiting till 5 a.m., and he gets up a chatzais to cause trouble. And he's there to scare them, and he's going to do a great job. So that's the option. Not all Farshim agree with that. Sounds like from the Pasuk, she was Mazana, Beheter, quote unquote. And therein lies the danger, but the Chilashem aspect already makes it dangerous. Take a look at Pasuk Beis. La Zasim Lamar, Bashimshin, Haina, Vyasobu, Vyervala, Kalaila, Bashara, Ir. So the Diak over here, La Zasim Lamar, the people of Nemar. So that's why some of us are Madaik. It's a funny lush, no? It's just he was here. Everybody knows what Shimshon looks like. He might have been actually taller and looked stronger than everybody else, even though the superhuman strength.
came directly from Kodesh Baruch Hu, but the physique we discussed at the beginning might have looked a little stronger, maybe yeah, maybe not. The description of Chazal and the Gemara about him being 60 amas wide, that number 60 represents a shleimus in his power. It doesn't mean that because he'd have to be so tall that he couldn't fit anywhere. And clearly in the Pasuk, he lived in a regular house on a mountain and he had a sikhsuch with the shver, if you remember, and he tried to get to the door. So if he was a little, looked a little stronger, but he looked like Shimshin. He had long hair. People recognized him before his poster was hanging in the post office and he was a wanted man. But some say, based on Lushan La Azasim Lamar, it sounds like he's the one who planted the rumor because he wanted them to know because he was here to scare them. So La Azasim Lamar, Bashimshin, Haina Viasobu, Vayer, Vulo, Kolhalaila, Bashara, Ir. And now they're waiting for him. And they call all the guards, they call up the National Guard, the army, and they're not going to let him go. Vayasharshu, Kolhalaila Lamar. Ischarshu is an interesting word. What, what would you say that word it means? Whispering. So they're planning, they're plotting, they're whispering. Why are they whispering? The same reason they didn't arrest him now. If you have a wanted guy who keeps getting away, why are you waiting five hours? Or eight hours? He's going to get Bechatzai. They're waiting the whole night. We're going to get him in the morning, get everybody together, we're going to get him. They're whispering, making a plan. Why don't they just get him? Azza was not that big. The answer is, no, yeah, but they were scared. Why don't they arrest him now? They were scared of him. They were scared of him and no one person wanted to get him. It was nighttime. It's hard for us to picture what nighttime is, the natural fear that it inflicts on a guy uh, on average night uh, because we have Gedalia putting in light fixtures all over the world. Can't picture. You, ever, you, know, you do when you do all day giving light to people. Yeah, but what is night? You can't picture the pachad. You have maybe a torch or two hanging on the wall. It's pitch black. <laughs> so they hear a rumor, he's here. So why don't they check it out and verify and arrest him? Answer is, you go. <laughs> I'll stay here. You'll let me know if he's really here. Tell me when you come back, if you come back. We'll, we'll discuss it. And then I interested, in daylight, when the sun comes up, we'll get 10,000 people together. And then maybe. They were scared. Push it. Otherwise, it doesn't make any sense to wait until the morning. He might slip out again. And the whispering, don't want to wake him up either because last time somebody crossed him, a thousand people were dead. So they're really tiptoeing here. Yeah, they spell it out. We're going to arrest him and we're going to kill him if necessary. The only reason they don't kill him when they arrest him at the end of the story is because they had promised Lila not to kill him. That was part of the thing, and I'm getting ahead of myself, and we'll discuss that when we get there. Here, they just said, this is, he's too much of a headache, does too much damage, let's get rid of him. But they're all scared to do it now. Again, whether he fell asleep, he was able to fall asleep, shows his bitachan, and the fact that he was sure about what he was doing, and the fact that this is his job description, or he pretended to go to sleep and just lie down. Either way, he gets up four or five hours before a schedule. So he wants to capitalize on that as well. And he starts heading for the door. So he gets out of the door of the hotel, goes down the block, starts heading for one of the exits to the city, and everything's locked. So if you're Shimshin, what do you do when you're here to cause trouble, make a scene, and the doors are locked. So you can push through the door, but 
Anybody can do that, but it's not true. Not anybody can do that, but Shimshin is risking all this to make far bigger a tumult than just knocking down one door. So what he does, this became famous because it's in this Misa, he picks up the entire door with the entire gate and a large fragment thereof and puts it on his shoulders. So now, if you were looking inside the city as a scared plishti, and they were scared already because it was the middle of the night, and they didn't know what was going on. All of a sudden, they hear like an earthquake. And this is not just a broken door. It's not a, a lock that he, uh, he busts and just walks through. He picks up like a quarter of the wall of the city, and he puts it on his shoulders, and he starts walking. Now he's walking out of the city with the wall. You just picture the scene. And this is the middle of the night, so they're not exactly sure what was happening, but they're looking for their flashlights, which were torches, so you got to like hold them up, and they weren't very good at throwing a lot of light in the distance, but they see a figure picking up the wall. He lifts the whole thing, puts it on his shoulders. And he continues to go up the mountain to stand there to show the rest of the people who are not up yet but are waking up very quickly that half your wall or quarter of your wall is missing. And in case you're looking for it, it's now on the top of the next hill. This is by far the most jarring thing he ever did. And you kill Plishtim, you kill him on the spot, not everybody's looking. Here he's going in full view and waiting there, and he walks a long distance, the Gemara says, with this to show all the people in the villages and on the roads that um, I'm back, and this time I actually lifted the entire wall of the city. So this is a greater display of his strength than anything he had done thus far, by far. And he only wants to do this once in a while, and hopefully now this will last a good 10 years, and they'll remember it. That's the purpose. So, back to your question. Was he Mazana? So, first Pasek uses the regular Lashayin. It sounds like he was. These Pesukim sound like, no, that was never his intention. He's not interested in the least. He's interested in showing that he would to show that he's off, but he timed it perfectly, pretended to just go to his room, go to sleep, maybe yes, maybe not, and get up when they don't expect it, and start trouble. So, we're not sure, and the um, most Mepharshim probably assumed that he was, and that was part of the plan also, and he still left early, and some say, no, it never really happened, and he carries it away. So getting back to the Rambam, we'll just conclude with this. The Rambam switches from Lashon Rabim, Lafi Shagir Shlomo Nashim, in the sign, that was many, many wise, V'chein Shimshin Gir Vinasa, most Mepharshim Medayik, that it was one lady. So who was the lady? The answer is the first one from Timna. Because the second one over here, he wasn't Megayer because if he wasn't Mazana with her, he only has a few hours in Gaza and there's no time. You can't be Megayer. Somebody didn't marry her. So whether it was us or Hashem, it didn't look good. So there was a problem with it. What the technical answer is, that's part of the discussion. The third one is going to be our big question to keep this Ram in mind. The next paragraph is going to be Dalila, and the most dangerous of all of them, and the marriage that actually lasted for a while. She certainly was from when they got married, and if she was a plishti, he was Magai her properly. And she was Makabal. And for all the evil she's going to do, the first part of the marriage is clear she was very from. And he saw something in her in terms of Ruchnius clearly and was interested in marrying her. So she was the highest level in terms of her uh, from kite and her potential also did the most damage at the end 
And the Rambam doesn't seem, if this Lashon Yachad, doesn't seem to include her in the list of Geras possibilities. Why not? So there are two possibilities in the Mepharshim. One is she was Jewish already, just happened to be living in a village near the Plishtim. Okay, we're gonna, when we get to the Lila, we're going to have to explain that further. Why were the Plishtim so heimish that they were asking her to turn him in? That's a big part of the discussion of what happens over here, but it was a slow process, and she had to be convinced, and she had a cheshman, even though she's wrong. And they didn't know her from before. It wasn't a pitch like, you're one of us, do this. It was a bribe with a lot of money, which jaded her worldview. That's what money does, and we'll get into that. And possibility number two is she was a Gieris Taka from the police team, and they knew her from before, but she's a, she was a Gieris before Shimshin came on the scene. That's very likely, because that would satisfy the fact there seems to be a reason why the police team thought she would cooperate, which she did. Because, like, remember us, we're your second cousins, and I'm the governor over here, and we want you to cooperate. And she was a Gieris before, possibly after seeing one of Shimshin's former feats. And she said, this is Mama Shanais, and she was impressed. And Hashem was still with Klai Yisrael, and she was a Gerus. And then he married her. Why would he marry Dafka her? Uh, just a hint, going forward, is there were very, very few people. Shimshin had a mitzvah to get married, didn't have a wife at the moment. There are very, very few people in Klai Yisrael who were willing to marry him for a number of reasons. We're not sure he's a Dayan and the most chashra person, and then he's off, and we're not sure he's off, on. And it's risky! The lady who got married to him actually got burnt. Not, that's not an expression. That's real. And her father, so it's, he's a wanted man and it's risky. And he's got to get married. To find somebody who even has potential in a frumkite to marry him is not so push it. And that's going to be the uh, next part of the parak. And Mitzvah Shem will get to that next week.